Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is a very surprising Friday, August 24th. This is episode 69. Ooh, well, we're really turning things around today, aren't we? Yeah. I'm Dennis. I'm Tony. And welcome to the show. So, we can get our intros out of, out of the way because it's the start, and that's when intros happen. What's What's been going on, Tony? Wow, it's been a busy week. I mean, I have it's been... It's been two weeks. Two weeks. Almost. Almost. I mean, from the last Close week. enough. Last, the last week was busy. I've basically been going insane with like cleaning and stuff because we're having, we're hosting a game night mm. at the house tomorrow, which is why we're not recording tomorrow because we can't record on Sunday because no. it's when we're having my youngest daughter's birthday party. Yeah. So that's my party voice. We, we kind of cheated and put everything that needed us to like go through and like super clean the house. Back to back ah. on the same weekend. Well, it's so we could do one heavy clean, and then all we have to do is pick up the mess. Everybody yeah. leaves come Sunday. Yeah. Well, I'll try and be extra tidy. You do that. I do it as best I can. <laughs> okay. Other than that, I've just been doing the same stuff I've been doing, and nothing fancy. Just watching. I've still. I just finished watching Sherlock and. Trying to find something else to watch and still reading mysteries and just kind of cruising. I haven't really played a lot of video games or done a whole lot of other stuff except for, well, you know, tonight. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. We will. Well, uh, let's see. I have a, I haven't gotten a lot of gaming in. We, well, there's one and we'll, we'll hit on that later as well. But let's see. Since the last, ep- well, right after the last episode, uh, was recorded, Almost two Sundays ago, I was asked to guest host again on This Week in Pinball podcast. I don't know why. I'm assuming desperation. And so that was episode 10. There's a link in the show notes if anyone wants to to listen to it. I'm snarkier on that show than I am here because you don't say crazy stuff about pinball. No. You're grounded. I'm very grounded. And it's very important to me. I'm very Psychologically. Rooted. Otherwise, I'd feel compelled to constantly correct you. And that, no one wins when that happens. Except me, I suppose. Maybe. Except for when your corrections are wrong. Yes. But that's not possible. I'm I'm highly trained. Yeah. Trained by the best. The internets. The internets. (laughs) All right. Um, Oh, also, before I move on, I do need to, I do need to declare that uh, I have, I've written a few articles for this week in pinball. Two of them have been published. And so Jeff, who runs this week in pinball, said he wanted to send me money because I had provided articles and he liked them. And I said, that's not necessary. And he insisted and I quit resisting. And so I did receive a payment. So I'm declaring it here for full disclosure purposes. We're not journalists, but we do like to let people know when these sort of relationships, financial relationships do exist and uh, doesn't usually crop up with us, but it does in this case. So people can factor that into any bias analysis they ever want to do. Uh, they not give me anything other than a stage for the podcasting, though. That's just to enjoy my ridiculous voice. Your dulcet tones. My dulcet, yeah. My uh, Steve Odekirk is the closest voice I could ever say that I had. And I don't even think at this point uh, I could do it the same anymore. It's like my voice is degrading. It's, but it's just like getting higher. Or re- <laughs> readier is probably like an Ichabod Crane sort It's of thing. almost like you're getting old, Dennis. No, no, no. I don't believe. I don't believe that. I can stop anything, even time. Yeah. 
It's easy. I I'll, I just remember, I'm the young one. You are. You're just the baby. Yeah, it's inspiring. Uh, let's see. Oh, other thing. Uh, a few months ago, actually, I commissioned a piece of pinball playfield art from a from a company called Tilt Cycle. And I'd heard about them on this flipping podcast. We'd had Taylor on Taylor Reese from this flipping podcast a few months ago as a guest host here. I listened to their show and I don't remember when they were interviewing Dan Burfield with Tilt Cycle. It was all, it was quite a while ago and I just, just sort of put it in the back of my mind. And I finally went to his site and I saw the custom playfield stuff and I thought, uh, I don't know. That might be out of my price range, but let me go ahead and contact him and see what's, what's what. And no, I, I thought it was reasonable and, but I had to wait till after Pinberg because he was all booked up through then. So I put a picture up on our social media and, uh, and a little video clip too of it. And it's, it's neat. It's a wall hang of a old, uh, Genko playfield, uh, 1947 game called Step Up, which I guess a lot of people probably get games for particular reasons. And I've never played Step Up. In fact, I'm not sure I've ever played a Ginkgo game. The reason I chose that particular playfield, though, was because Steve Kordak designed the first game I owned, Skylab, mm-hmm. and Steve Kordak got his start at Ginkgo. Now, I don't think he designed Step Up. And the reason I don't is I believe Steve Kordak had said that he didn't take over getting to do mainline design work until 1948 or 49, and this is a 47 game. Yeah. Now, he helped a lot. He did a lot of the electrical, but he didn't do a lot of the playfield layouts. So IPDB doesn't know who the designer is. If I were to guess, it was Harvey Heiss, who was their main designer, up until Steve Kordak started really doing a lot of it. So anyway, but it reminds me of Steve. And whether or not he had anything to do with it is irrelevant. Other than that, uh, Woodrail... Not very many people would be interested and, uh, symmetrical. And while I don't like playing symmetrical play fields, aesthetically, symmetry is always best. So I so, can see that. Maybe. Unless, you know, I could see you wanting something else, something like, oh, I don't know, a high speed play field. Yeah. I didn't see any of those available. So it's whatever he can salvage. And, well, and, yeah, and, I would uh, assume. And upcycle as he calls it. So. Yeah. So I did that, and then final thing, I could do this in the pinball section. I guess I could have done that in the pinball section, but I'll do both here. Uh, pinball News just ran an article uh, that I co-wrote. Uh, I my The other authors, and they deserve primary credit, they poured so much time and effort into it. It's probably the biggest pinball-related article that I have my name attached to, and that's because they drove so much of it. But one of the authors was... Uh, Dr. Stephen Dolefeld, who I co-wrote that Ted Zale article yeah. way back in the beginning of the year. And then the other is Nick Baldridge, who we've discussed because he co-hosts the Gaming on 10 Minutes a Week and, for amusement only, the EM and Bingo Pinball podcast, if I have the name memorized. What, Nick? Why you could do you have pick- it backwards. Nick, I don't know if you listen, but if you do, why are these names so long? We- is it EM yeah. and Bingo or is it Bingo and EM? I'm pretty sure it's the EM and Bingo Pinball Podcast. I'm pretty sure. I'm, you know, oh, oh, my phone's right here. I'm going to look now because you're giving me, he's, folks, he's eyeballing me like I'm dumb. Like he thinks it sounds weird. It's supposed to sound weird. Nick wanted it to sound weird. Now it says for amusement only EM and Bingo Pinball Podcast. So okay. Doesn't say the word the in my headline here. 
But I think when he says it, he says the. I don't know. There's probably a limit on how long you would hope. But it should have been half this. Be, it should have been half It's like three paragraphs. It's, already too long. it's like a soliloquy. The title. Put it, just make the title of your podcast a soliloquy. Yeah. God, I don't know. He says it really fast. Or at least at the speed I listen yeah, to. Yeah, it's a good it. show. I, I, I enjoy oh, do it. Do you listen to Forum Newsman? I've listened to it before, okay. yes. All right, so I don't I, listen to it religiously, but I don't listen to any podcasts religiously anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, he reached out regarding some issues he had with the Ted Zale article. And then we all started communicating about some of the byproducts that were coming out of some of that. And so this article is about uh, gambling, not the Roger Sharp shot that saved pinball. The story that everyone tells all the time ad ab nauseum. This is actually about the gambling laws that were passed that started to strangle pinball mm-hmm. and the different types of uh, pinball games that came, pin games that came out in response to all of that. So it covers some major, not just federal, but some of the major state and local actions and how the manufacturers were responding to all of it. So anyway, it's a very, very long read. Uh, but if you are interested in the gambling history related to pin games, it's probably the best resource. Or at least it's the most timely one. <laughs> and that's it for intros for me. So, let's kick it into pinball. Pinball news. And this is mostly going to be news stuff. And we're going to open with the news item that everyone's been opening with. And that is Deadpool. Dead Flip, not to be confused with Deadpool, though he was dressed up as Deadpool, Jack Danger, uh, did a live stream reveal of the pro model of Deadpool from the Stern uh, facility. There is a link in the show notes to the archive of that gameplay reveal footage. There's also a link in the show notes to This Week in Pinball, which ran a deep dive article on the game itself a few days ago. However, we don't really need to rely on either of those, do we, Tony? No, we don't. Because we, just a few minutes ago, got done playing Deadpool over at the 403 Club in Mm -hmm. Kansas City, Kansas. See, that's the thing, and and, and, and it's just probably the situation but i mean we saw this release a week and a half ago Mm -hmm. and it's out to play now i was i was so surprised that we got it this i know because we would already planned to do this podcast tonight uh just based upon everything going on this weekend and then when it popped up in the local thing that hey deadpool's here it's like okay change of plans can we really record the podcast when there's a Deadpool this close and us not play it? And so Tony insisted we have to get time yeah. in on the game. I demanded it. It was it was not his idea, which was it was it was a good idea. But the, uh, they the happen game, occasionally. Yeah, it it arrived about forty eight hours ago. I was out of town yesterday and for a good chunk of today, so I drove in and was able to play it. And Tony came up. And so we got a number of games on it. Mm-hmm. A couple of the uh, area players uh, also participated with us. Yep. Uh, so we got to experience it with Dylan, who's one of our high-level players, and Artie, who owns the 403 Club, played a, played a couple games with us. So let's just kick it off. What are our thoughts on the game so far? Because I think people – I don't want to talk about the art and stuff unless you want to bring it up, but I'm mostly interested in the gameplay at this point because that was what we didn't cover in the last episode because we couldn't. Exactly. The super skill shots, hard. I never succeeded. I, I got it once. Twice. Well, you're, you're a better winner than me. I understand it. Makes perfect sense. 
Uh, it's a full left orbit oh, yeah. feed out in terms of uh, it's coming out your left flipper and you got to go and get it through that right orbit that goes into that left ramp. Yeah. Easy peasy. Except for it's not. Now that orbit, that, 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 that orbit that everybody was worried about and we've talked about it being just, a, uh, just rejecting yeah, the everything. Right yeah. yeah. Um, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. It doesn't feel clunky, no. but it is not an easy shot. No, but it's doable. I mean, I'm not a great player, and I successfully got that shot several times. Yeah, the uh, that shot I I did as well. Uh, it it feels pretty. It seems like if it's getting up the ramp, right? It's fine. Yeah, I didn't see a lot of maybe once did I have a ball that sort of partially made it up and then came back around. The fail point is the right orbit into that left. Yeah. Right. Every time, every time I shot it, I knew the second I went into that orbit if that ball was going to make it or not, mm-hmm. because I could tell just it's like that ball didn't have enough speed going in. Yeah, and, and it the, happens quick. It's not. It yeah. doesn't clunk around and just like bounce along the walls. And stuff. Yeah. No, it's quick. It's smooth, and the way they've got it separated, you don't have it where the ball goes up and then kind of rolls back down and goes all the way back through the orbit and drops back down. Weird, because if you're not going to make it, you're just not going to make it. And it just kind of and, and there's a break point where it dribbles out, and uh, it, it feeds back into the pops. And yep. as I thought, so I'm going I'm to take credit here uh, when I looked at the layout. Those pops are not dangerous. I no. never drained out of those pops. I didn't either. In fact, the only main outside of a, a weird reject thing uh, that usually it was the outlanes that got people. The center drains. It's that spinner on the a little bit left of Just that, a, yep. of that r- upper left ramp. That is a spot that does sometimes seems to if yeah. You, if, if you pop it, the edge, if you break yep, the edge, you, yeah, you which I did it. several yeah. times because that's what that's I a do. Straight down the middle, and of course the uh, little Deadpool targets are designed to right back in the, that direction. But that geometrically was is obvious to anyone who understands right just by looking at anything. It. Yeah, so then, you know, and I didn't how, right. I didn't have any big problems with the little Deadpool going down the middle. That it wasn't where I didn't feel that it was like, oh, no, I'm getting screwed on this. I've, I was able to to save the ball almost every time I had that issue. What would you think of the dead and pull stand-up targets on the sides? They were easier to hit than I thought they would be. Yeah, they are. Those, part of it, I noticed, is they've got the – I learned this term from a from an interview that was with Dwight Sullivan about Ghostbusters and how Trudeau did it. They, are, they ran with those flop flippers. Where they're angled down more, yeah. You, you see how they're, yeah. they're not right in line with the uh, with ball lane guides, uh, yeah, the ball feed guides, and so it lets you have a lot of accessibility to those sides. They were not dangerous. No, I, I, I and, and I was able to. A lot of times I'll run into the issue because again I'm I I, I brick a lot. I'm not that great. I, I'm, I'm not that great of a shot. I'll run into an issue where there'll be one, especially the lower, the lowest set of whatever on those that I have a hard time hitting. I didn't on this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't easy. And don't be scared from having watched the stream that this just has stupid long ball times because while it can be a long player, and I had balls that went long. More often than not, even when we were playing three-man groups, we were going through it pretty quick. Yeah, we had uh, no one. No one we played with. It, well, the game's only been on location for two days, right. so no one we played with had a ton of time. A couple of them, though, are pretty good players, uh, and they had mixed results. My initial reaction from 
watching other people play and me playing it myself is I would rate its default out of the box difficulty about the same as Star Trek. It's yeah. maybe, maybe a little more brutal than Star Trek. And apparently it did come out of the box with those, uh, those outlane posts without the rubber rings. They did not remove those. He, they, he totally, they came it with came, them. it came with them, uh, unsheathed. So. <laughs> Yes, they are not ribbed for your pleasure. <laughs> so it was, it, it reminded me of the, uh, like Jurassic Park and the old Daddy East games, which would often have the posts and they are spots for posts, but didn't right. have the posts. In this case, they have the metal posts, but they did not come with rings. So the assumption is you want a degree of brutality once you're getting near those outlanes. Uh, and it appears there's a virtual ball save on the left that yes. can be activated. So, so you've got that going for you, which reminds me of Star Trek Pro as well. What'd you think of the uh the modes? The modes I successfully ran and successfully completed, which I never got any of the time travel modes activated. Mm, yeah. Those those are harder. Yeah. Those are harder. Because you have to light them chimichangas. Right. And then gather enough of them up to be able to go back in time and mess with the T Rex or right. Megalodon. So we I saw know. one person do it one time and he drained out pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get any of those, obviously, but the, uh, battles and the team up stuff and all of that was, I enjoyed it. I didn't have any issues with it. None of it was, I mean, even though there, there were times where I was breaking shots, I didn't feel like the game was screwing me. It's just that I brick shots. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. And I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it even more than I thought I would. Yeah, it's a lot of, I thought it was a lot of fun. I did, I did all, I tried all the battles. My personal assessment is as currently coded, Sabretooth seemed the easiest because the orbits were his shots. Right. But with Juggernaut, it's the side targets. Yeah. And those aren't as hard as I thought they would be. No. Like we talked about. No, they're, they're not. Uh, and I'm not quite sure what I needed to do with what Mystiques were. Was it the little Deadpool? It was flashing they, blue a lot. But. They there were targets that lit okay. around. I, I mean, I beat her at one point, so I must have yeah. whatever it was. I I knew what I was or I was hitting what I needed to hit, so that worked out. A uh, little Deadpool is an incredibly easy multi ball yes. to start. It's also worth nothing. Yes, uh, but since it can be done, you can activate him in a mode. Is my understanding, but you can't lock a ball and then go in. Once you lock a ball with him, ready to trigger him, you can't start a mode. Right. So it's like there's a way you can integrate him in a mode, but you can't. Basically, you, if you you can start the mode and then yeah. Yeah. do it. You, but you can't prep it. You can't get yourself completely set up and be like one shot away from multi-ball. Right. And then go into your mode. They lock you out of that. And then I did do the uh, ninja multi-ball from the sword lock. The sword mm -hmm. lock is really cool. It is cool. Uh, and that ramp, yeah. the, the sword blade looking ramp yeah, is cool. Yeah, it's a fun ramp. It's a it fun is. toy. It's, it's more notable. Uh, than the little Deadpool because it's just neat watching it. You even hear that kind of sound. Yeah, the old school sound effects. I really like nice. those to hear those old spinner sounds and such. So that's going to resonate with with classic fans, I think. Yeah, lot, just because the sound. I mean, one of the complaints about Iron Maiden, besides that the theme is polarizing, is a lot of people seem to like the callouts, but 
you know, if you don't like the music, there's nothing, there's nothing about right. the sound effects that stand out. This game, they did the custom soundtrack, but the sound effects stand out too because they're such a throwback. Right. Would you, did you like the fighting game idea for the I did. display? I, I didn't really... pay nearly as much attention to obviously when I was actually playing it, but I enjoyed it and it was, it made it fun to watch other people play. Yeah. And no, I liked it. I liked that. I liked the call outs. The little Deadpool didn't call outs did not annoy me nearly as bad as no, I feared. No, he wasn't very obnoxious. No, it wasn't nearly as bad as I feared it would be. And the occasional yelling at you, like when you, uh, double dangered the machine mm-hmm. and this and that. And it, it, it's yelling, yeah, shake it. There's candy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, the, uh, I think Nolan North did a great job as yeah. the Deadpool call outs. I mean, he's he's voiced Deadpool and so many and so many things now that it it works really really well. I know there's a petition. I haven't even read the thread. I've seen the thread headline though. Petition on Tenside asking for the demanding the R-rated Deadpool. You're not going to get it. So why'd you even waste your time asking? Yeah, it's, it's. I fine. don't think it's necessary. It's fine. It's fine the way it is. I've, I've, I mean, I'm not a huge Deadpool guy, but I've read enough Deadpool comics, and I don't recall Deadpool dropping f bombs in the comics constantly. It's just because doing it's just another that. way, in my view, to weasel in the Ryan Reynolds movie version. No, we 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 understand. Everybody loves Ryan Reynolds. Even Ryan Reynolds loves Ryan Reynolds. Mm. But we can't have Ryan Reynolds in our life everywhere. No. No. Even if it would make you happier. Correct. They just need to accept and move on. Yes. You're just friends. You and Ryan Reynolds are just friends. Uh, were there any shots that you don't like? The farthest right orbit had this weird thing, and I don't know if it was intentional or not, but if you didn't carry enough speed through it, it dropped back into the shooter lane. That, that sucks. But I did. No, I didn't. I missed it. But one of the guys we were playing with, it did that, and it dropped into the shooter lane, and it auto-fired, and when it did, it lit super skill shot, and he successfully got super I skill shot. Yeah. I don't know if it's on purpose, or if it was a, a, a bug in the code, but it was annoying to me, because it's like, why you get her five million points for that? Granted, it's a really hard shot, but yeah, yeah, no, I I think it feel that part feels clunky. Uh, I, it's almost like there's a is there supposed to be a gate, a one way gate? That's what I wonder. But it doesn't have one; it's just open, and so it just sort of falls in there. But it's not like if you do the a ball save with an air ball and Sharky shootout, where it doesn't seem like you get a bonus set of points for getting it back in the shooter lane. Right? If there was that that gave there to be an incentive. Yeah, to kind of have it happen. I would. Probably like it a little more. But that's why it just feels. But that's really a code accident. thing. Yeah, but it feels really accidental. They're it not going to be able to keep the ball out of there, right? Unless they forgot hardware, <laughs> which I I'm not thinking they did. But I didn't I see know. anything because I looked down there and you can see where there's there's a uh, a ball guide, not a full wall, but just a little wire like ball guide in that area. And I wonder if it's just not enough and it's hopping it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I never got a good view, but it happened. Always. And then I guess it, sometimes we would see the dangers on the screen. Most it's, of the time, we just saw a blank screen, so yeah. there's a code thing going on with that. And I didn't see any. I guess they still don't have the high res fourth wall breaking Deadpool, Deadpool. stuff yet. No, yeah, no. Though I did like in the in the fighting game scene stuff. He will if you're not making shots. He's you could tell his little eight bit form starts looking at you, looking at his watch. 
Yeah. Just standing around shrugging because you're not accomplishing anything. So and his pockets funny. kicking the ground, yeah, doing a little board stuff. To, yeah, to, no, to that was that. pretty good. And it de- they did a really good job. I had this happen a couple of times with the saber tooth fight where I was ready to finish him and get it in the scoop. And that sound that's going like that beating sound that's going faster and faster and faster reminded me of Xenon. And that the one thing that really worked for me on Xenon was that sound as it just got faster and faster and faster it stresses you out. Yeah. And so most modern stuff on the hurry ups don't do that to me too much um, because most of the time it, the music or whatever is still playing. It's right. The number. It, it doesn't do that. It doesn't right. do that. Give you that kind of the, horror right, film, blah, right, blah, blah, right. blah, 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 like, blah, blah. Like uh, Sharky Shootout does that where it's got the sort of special hurry up sound. But it right. always stays the same pace. It, needs it doesn't to, accelerate right, it through. It needs to do this. So you freak out and drain in a panic. Yeah. That's the idea. Well, that was pretty much everything I can think of that I have to say about Deadpool now that we got a chance to play it. Yeah, um, I enjoy it. I would put it. I'm going to go ahead and throw it out on the games currently on Stern's line. It's probably the one I would take. Okay. It's so, that or Guardians. Do you, so you like it way better than Iron Maiden. I do. And it's, and it, for me, it's, I'm not as pure as you. Theme matters for me and I don't care about Iron Maiden. Okay. Well, I think Iron Maiden plays great and I enjoy playing it. But themish, I, I, I would I wouldn't care to have it in my house. I can, I can see that. I could see that. Iron Maiden, I I still. It's funny because we've had it for quite a while. I still need a lot more time on it. By my, I probably should have <laughs> taken that time today uh, to really get a better sense of it. Iron Maiden, I feel plays longer, which is a detriment in my yeah. Plays longer than Deadpool, and I Iron Maiden is chopping wood. I mean, maybe they made it fun, like, but it's like Metallica's chopping wood. Right. And maybe Deadpool's chopping wood too. That's the fear. But uh, the whole thing with Iron Maiden is you can do any shot at any time and make progress. But that's the definition of chopping wood. Whereas I slightly prefer, I mean, I'm glad there's a mix of games, but I slightly prefer going and activating a mode and then do, and that's Deadpool and, clearly has that. Maybe yes. you chop wood for your chimichangas, but the, yeah, just going and hitting, a ramp eight times to light whatever, just for whatever reason. You can make that work. Like Walking Dead works for me in that way mm-hmm. a little bit better than Metallica, which is one of my least favorite popular games that people seem to love. But uh, Iron Maiden, I, I like uh, because it seems like I get a long time to chop the wood. <laughs> but uh, And it's got a, a really unique layout. I have to give it full props for that. But I actually would agree with you currently. We have to see how the code comes along, but geometrically i really like a lot about what deadpool does yeah and what they've got there in terms of code i think is more interesting uh iron maiden has some very high level interesting stuff but it's I'm beyond me in a lot yeah. of ways like the award bonuses and spot things for chat scene and just stuff that's sort of that's a little much for me but it's a lot of much for me but it's really good for people who love so they're both really good games. So Monsters is doomed, is what we're saying. There's no way. There's no way, Tony. I Mo- So many Mo- people are so excited for Monsters, and I fully don't understand it. It's, I don't know what they're hoping for. But I think once they find out that uh, Lyman is not on code on Monsters, and then we can, that'll there'll be no advantage to it at that point. We don't know if Lyman is or isn't on code. 
I'm assuming since he's still working on Batman that he's not working on anything else. And that's why they expand their software teams. Could because be. It this was a sense. new lead. Tayo uh, mm-hmm. is a new lead. Iron Maiden had a new lead. I mean, Keith did the rules, but that was new. Yeah. And the programmer was a new lead. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's just different now. It's not always going to be the, the Lonnie Dwight Lyman rotation anymore. And I think that's fine. As yeah, long, there's, as, there's not as a long as they crack the code on what makes good rules, crack the code. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, then it's all good. So let's move on from Deadpool and let's move to Stern's rival, Jersey Jack Pinball, Pirates of the Caribbean, Tony. It has officially, because there's always a cartwheel ish. Uh, the cartwheels were attempted multiple times. There was a game on a truck, perhaps bound for Cairo, perhaps not. And so Pirates he got lost in his own museum. Pirates is is starting to get out into the world with its single spinning disc in all of its wide glory. I do not yet know if one is coming to our area. I don't know. We have always received the Jersey Jack games. But they've always rotated out pretty fast. They have dialed in probably lasted the longest and it's we still have a dialed in on location. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know because I heard today a little birdie told me that, yes, chirped in my ear and said that we will probably be getting total nuclear annihilation at 403 Club. Now, that's interesting because as we have, we have said, none of our area operators think very highly of Spooky for a variety of reasons, which we've touched on. And I don't name which ones are which on this because I'm not out to throw people under the bus and people get really defensive when it comes to spooky stuff. The quality has been the concern. Yes. However, there's been a lot of high-level player demand for TNA to show up on location. Because because it's it's an amazing game. Right. And I think, if anything, TNA is in a location game. More so than a home game. I think so. Because of how simplistic the rule set is. I think so. But it would make a great tournament game. So it sounds like if that's the case, the my prediction is the source who would probably supply that is also the person who tends to buy the JJP stuff. And they might not be inclined to spend this much money in this short of a period of time on this many games. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because you can always rely on the resale value a bit, a bit. But my understanding is they took something of a bath on a couple of those JJP games when it was time to liquidate because they were just weren't making enough on a route. Well, and you took a bath because uh, they're not great games. Yeah. So anyway, it's shipping. Speaking of shipping, we have a shipping controversy to controversy. talk about. This is one we do not talk about hardly ever because we know we're American. We are. But we also America. We don't follow this not just because it's not American, but because we just don't follow it for whatever reason. Or at least it's my case because it feels so far away. Yeah, and that would be and it's literally. I care more about the theme of Pirates of the Caribbean, which I think is a terrible theme, than this one. Well, they made their decision. I think I probably cared more about Dominoes as a theme. Mm. Yeah. I haven't had dominoes in years. And I've still not played the pin. I heard it was actually a fun I, I did play it. It was fun. Okay. I played it at Texas several years ago. I should have. I It was open. It I was played fun. Jetsons, Jetsons which sucked. I didn't like. But anyway, 
We're talking about Homepin, obviously, to anyone who couldn't tell. And that means we're talking about Thunderbirds. So here's the situation as near as I could tell from checking up on, on forums. And I heard, a, or I read a little bit about this, I believe, in This Week in Pinball. And that made me find the, the forum thread on it because there wasn't a lot discussed in the newsletter. And that is Homepin, the company that's making Thunderbirds, has started shipping the game. However, the shipments have started going to Canada. The issue is, there are a lot of Australians who pre-ordered this game. And by pre-ordered, I mean five years ago. Put money in. Are you saying that somebody in pinball who pre-ordered a machine got screwed? I'm not saying that they got screwed or not. The whole situation is convoluted. So Mike, who owns and operates HomePin, he's indicated that the complaints of the pre-orderers are unfounded, essentially. That... They chose a free shipping option, free shipping in terms of on a boat from China to Australia. There's still parts that they need to pick up, like paying the tax, paying the delivery from the right. port to their house. That's not a part of that package deal. So he says the, the pre-orderers who are complaining, they agreed to this free shipping option. That free shipping option clearly indicated that the games would only come when HomePin had a container ready to come back from China to Australia with other stuff like paid orders that and that these free ones would piggyback on the rock. So basically they get a hitch a ride on a container. Make sense? No. What part doesn't make sense? All of it. Hitch a ride. Why would they even give this option? It's, I, I don't know. It's I, the thread is like 2000 plus posts long. And as I noted, I don't really follow this company or this game. And so I had to go look, I had to go and read this for you. You did. I did. Because but I didn't go back that far. I, I saw, went back five pages. I, I saw, and that's it. Because I'm like, oh, look, home pin thread drain. <laughs> Tony. Oh, these, there are people in America who care. I know. There are people in America who care. And if they want a machine, apparently they can go to Canada and pick up their machine. But all them there are people who put out all their money down in Australia where people actually care. Oh my, so mean. But yeah, I mean, it's sad, it's sad, but I, so anyway, so that's Mike's claim. And in response, the pre-orderers have said, Mike is not actually, it's not that he's being inaccurate in that part, but he keeps saying that they can get their game anytime they want if they want to pay for shipping now. If you want to choose now to not take the free shipping choice and wait, that's fine. They can do whatever they want. But the pre-orders say that's not true because he won't give them the relevant information on the shipping options and the tax costs. And they have to send all that money over to do all of that is my understanding. So basically he's not, they say Mike's not really telling us any other way to get the game. And so the suspicion is that even though he's claiming their games are ready, they're just waiting for that piggyback ride that their games aren't built. That's my thought. Okay, so you agree with the pre-orders? Yeah. I mean, that would make sense if that's it, how they're I mean, doing it, it. It would, but it could also make sense that the games are built and he's just sitting well, on Well, how many, how many, let's, I'm just going to make numbers up. Let's say, let's say a container could hold 40 machines. Okay. I don't think that's far off. How many paid machines have to be in that 40? 
to enable them to ship some of the free shipping machines? I don't know. 20 of them? 30 of them? How many of these pre-order shipping people are sitting high and dry while they have to wait? So do they send 30 machines to Australia where people paid for the extra and 10 of the free ones? And there's another 100 free people. I don't think there's 100 free people. There's another 15 free people who have to wait until the next container is ready to go to Australia? Who knows? The last I saw, the Australian distributor for Homepin appeared to be trying to make some sort of arrangements to get the games over. Uh, and that seemed to be the route that Mike is tacitly endorsing. It's it's hard because he's fairly abrasive on the forums. He goes and posts and he's fairly yeah. abrasive when he does it. And so I can't really tell if some people are now getting the impression that the only way to ship outside of the free option is to use that distributor and some of them don't want to. There's another person who's came came in and said he would pay for a container to get games over for everyone. And I guess he's seen as a rival in some way. And so that idea was and some some are saying it's been shot down. They won't deal with him. Even though he's a rival. Well, like he I think it sounded like, and again, it's getting way too deep, but like he was the guy who originally got the license to do remakes of things like Attack from Mars on the Australian side, or do parts or something. Yeah. And then, because there was a dig that Mike took on him at one point, and I, I don't know if he distributes for Stern or what, I don't know. I'm, I'm speculating way too much now. All I could, all it, it looked like he came back, the guy who did the offer and said, they won't, they won't deal with me. They say that it's too much liability or something. So. So basically what it amounts to is they're an Australian company who has pumped up the Australian market for a theme that is very deeply personal and important to the Australians. And they told the Australians who paid five years ago, who funded the company to get to this point, funded the company to design the game, funded the company to manufacture the games. And they're like, hey, thanks, guys. Piss off. You'll get your game when you get your game, but I'm sending it to Canada because they say sorry a lot. Uh, maybe. To, uh, the two things would be, one, uh, my guess is that the Canadians could be getting their games because they're paying for them with new money rather than being apologetic. And Canada isn't the U.S., so it's okay to deal with them, perhaps. I don't know if the U.S. thing is still a factor. The other thing is, I'm not sure that Homepin's actually an Australian company. I think it may officially be a Chinese company. I thought it was a Chinese that, company. That but is it, owned it, by an Australian. Right. Well, yeah. you refer to it as an Australian company. Well, no, that's a valid... You, uh, you have a, Excuse me. That would mean that it is incorporated within the uh, nation of Australia, which is not the People's Republic of China. 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 Okay. So anyway, it's a mess, but I don't know any more about it know. because I don't know anyone at all who's remotely interested in this game. Well, apparently there are some people because they're getting screwed on pre-orders. Not the Canadians. They seem fine. Yes, but they weren't pre-orders. Yeah. Well, Which And that's the thing that hurts more, and that's the thing that makes you wonder once did again. Can, did Canada learn its lesson? Did they need, they just do they need the money from those machines to be able to afford to build the machines for the people who paid money five years ago? Maybe. Maybe. I, I mean, I mean, it's something thing, that happens in pinball. It does. Like home every pin, day. Home pin isn't just making one pinball game. They produce arcade cabinets. Hankin branded cocktail yes. tables and stuff. So they have other income streams at their disposal besides 
say, The Big Lebowski. Right. Or Highway, which was only making Alien at the time that it went belly up and only making The Big Lebowski when... I mean, there was a time when I could have to go on onto your favorite topic, the Dutch pinball Big Lebowski trail. There was a time where I could have envisioned that they could have pushed pause, maybe come up with another something 2.0 kit like they did with the DMD thing and helped dig themselves out of a hole by selling product lines that were relatively high dollar, high profit, but not the extremes of making a whole new pinball machine. But Maybe. I I mean, it would have been a bad sign to have to resort to that, but it would have probably gone over better than Brida Pinbot 3.0. Right. When you already did the 2.0. Right, yeah, right. Was, well, and, and that it was ugly. Let's right. not forget it, it was, was ugly. It was terribly ugly. And here's I mean, again, and I don't I don't mean to I don't want to sound like I'm fear mongering. I don't want to sound like I'm not saying any of this is what it is. It's just with how often horrible stuff has happened to pre order people in pinball. More horrible stuff happening to pre-order people in pinball does not make me feel good. No. No. This is not a good sign. And bottom line, I've always been... It's almost fascinating. I can't say I'm fascinated because I just don't research it enough. But it could be fascinating to people just how aggressive HomePin's owner is when it comes to dealing with customers and potential customers. I... I, the way he writes, he phrases it like he's a, he's a truth teller. He's just telling it like it is. And anyone else who doesn't speak and write in this way is being deceptive. And I, it's a very sort of sad outlook in a way because I get that he may have just a naturally gruff personality. I know plenty of people that are like that, Mm -hmm. but. Not everyone who's nice to customers is doing so because just because they think that it'll sell more stuff, but it will help sell more stuff. Cause I'll right. tell you what, treating your customers like trash, even if they are trash, isn't a good way to build <laughs> reputation. And Not typically. it's quite a stretch to be able to think you're the arbiter of who all is trash and just, it's just, I've, he's really thin skinned. It's and then the irony of, and I'm sure you know people like this who act like they're strong. They talk a lot about people being weak nowadays and crying over everything. And then what happens? They can't deal with any criticism. That's how it comes across to me. Snowflake. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it, but because it gets into it's been so co opted in politics. It has been. Now, it's so terrible. Which it's, I because one of my favorite things back before it had been was it was one of those demotivational. It's like a calendar thing. It's yeah. Called de- posters. Demotivational poster. Like a little cat hanging and saying, hang in there. Yeah. There was one. I love this one. And it's relevant to pinballs. I'm going to name it here. And it was a picture of a snowflake. And it said, and I think the word of motivation was individuality. And it, what said underneath it is, you are a super special snowflake, just like everybody else. And it's true. Yeah. And it's a snowflake word I live by. You are a unique individual. Everyone is a unique individual. So being unique is not unique. You're supposed to be unique. Now, what does that have to do with pinball? Everything, but I'm not going to spell it out. Got to let the listener think about it. You think on it. Listeners, think on it. We have one last news topic, Tony. Paul Ferris. The Paul Ferris has joined Total 
talk, 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 deep root. Now, you naturally are going, I know all about Paul Ferris. Well, obviously. But 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 the the listener doesn't. And they might not. So, Paul Ferris is an artist. He's known, his back glasses in particular are well known. But uh, in terms of games he worked on artistically, Centaur. Awesome. Xenon. Tube shot. (laughs) I don't think that was his voice, but. Try tube shot. Go for tube shot. <laughs> I just, um, I, I, I can't, I can't anymore. Xenon, Xenon's dead to me. It's just, it's just, it's just tube shot now. Oh. Tube shot. It's tube shot the game. Oh, I heard that so, so much when I, that was my first solid state game. It's the Xenon. Um, Space Invaders. Obviously, that's Geiger, but he stole it really well. <laughs> and uh, here's one that's really, really popular: Paragon. I like Paragon. Yeah, I like Centaur. Mm-hmm. He's got other. He's got other uh, major ones that he did, but those are the ones I chose to note. And so, anyway, Dennis Nordman, who is a designer with Deep Root now, he went on to Pinside and posted a thread announcing that Paul Ferris joined Deep Root, and Paul would be doing the at least the back glass for Dennis's new game. I have to say, with the amount of skepticism I had and still have, you can't really bash the team other than the one member. The mm. one like really core member that still makes me think every makes me feel weird about everything. But they're putting together a heck of a team over there. Yeah, it's like the expendables. Yeah, I'm just thinking about all these legends. Because they're all... Well, yeah, but I'm just trying to figure out who'd be J-pop in The Expendables. Probably the bad guy? Jean-Claude Van Damme from from Expendables 2. Oh, okay. Because he was a legend and the bad guy. Hmm, I see. Who wasn't he? Was he in the second? I think it was the second yeah, one. Yeah, you're right. He was. He was. Yeah. Because he had that fight with Statham? Yeah, I remember the fight. Okay. Well, anyway, so you know, it's just sort of like he... Well, Robert indicated early on that the initial direction was to sort of grow up a, a lot of talent. And one of the designs I know is a design that he worked on, which might be a fascinating design. We don't know because we haven't seen it yet. Uh, he's clearly shifted in the wake of the controversy with J-pop into bringing in a lot of legends. And it kind of reminds me of the Kansas City Chiefs in the Schottenheimer years. Do you remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And for those, yes, we're talking sports, sports. Uh, sports ball. Right. And I probably mentioned this before, so I apologize if I'm being uh, repetitive, but I'll say it really quick. In the nineties, Kansas City's football team, what it did was it focused on getting veteran legend players who were past their prime, but were still playing. And we'd only have them for a year or two usually. And since they were past their prime, they weren't expected to bring us to a Super Bowl, but what you could rely on them to do is bring butts into seats. Right. It's basically when the Wizards hired Jordan. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, it's a good point. But we did it with like Joe Montana sure, and Marcus sure Allen. And some of them still put pretty good performances in. Yeah. But it was that was the idea was a lot of other teams that they had been able to take into victory were like, well, they're too old, so we can't really do that. So now we've got Stearns obviously ramped up and brought in. People get like Brian Eddy coming back and stuff where it makes yes. sense, but there's only so much room in any given company for, you'd think there'd be more designers over with uh, Jersey Jack, for you example, would think. but 
when you're not even putting out a game every 12 months, honestly, how many can you keep around? And they've got more than one, but they're also home growing, like Eric Munier for, right. for Pirates. I mean, that's a, that's given a new a new guy a shot. It's not all which just is good. I we can't just keep throwing stuff no, to the no. legends. And I think we're seeing from people like Keith Elwin and Scott Denisi and Eric that they have some pretty clever ideas. Yeah. I might not love all of those ideas personally, but they're except not bad for, designs. Except for TNA. I really like TNA. So Paul is going to be with them. And hey, that was our big question, if you recall. We didn't know who... There was that time where when we had Martin on from Head to right. Head Handball, and the thought was because there was that joke uh, Facebook announcement that Christopher Franchi had that he was leaving Stern. And so at the time... The immediate assumption was, hey, I wonder if Deep Root's going to poach him because they had have no art. They had everything except an artist. And you could argue a programmer, but they'd already said how they were going to handle the programming, that they weren't bringing in a, a uh, well, they've got Steve Bowden to come up with rules. He doesn't right. have to learn how to, pro- maybe he will, maybe he won't. He doesn't have to become a programmer to develop rules. Well, that is all I had for news. So I think it's time. For 20 questions. Woohoo! All right. Well, for those that are newly tuning in, the rules are, I was going to, I need to make a notation here, but let me, let me get through the rules really quick. It's very, very simple. I will have a game in mind. Will be a flipper pinball machine game. It won't be before that. And Tony will have played it before. At least once. He gets 20 yes or no guesses to try and figure it out. It's closed book for the first 15 questions. However, after question number 15, it is open book for him for the rest of those queries. And all I wanted to note it is I did have some people uh, discuss this. The segment seems to actually go over fairly well. I did have someone say they wished that they had more time to guess. I thought about some of that's editing, but I think people appreciate the tight editing. So I'm not leaving in a bunch of silence because it's just awkward to listen to overall. Yeah, yeah. You need to be super smart to play this This thing game. goes really fast and it makes me seem awesome. But the, the truth of the matter is, is this recording is going to take about a half hour to get through this segment. Maybe not quite that bad. But, but one of the ideas that uh, someone suggested to me, which could be useful that you can, it's up to you to do or not do as you see fit, is... When you're in the process of guessing, if you're at a certain point where you can explain what your thought process is. So as they're going oh, along, yeah, just no. kind of hear like, oh, well, now I'm thinking. Like the really annoying people and who wants to be a millionaire yes. who are talking about. The- yes, they want you to be annoying. Now, I don't right. know if the rest of the audience wants it or not. We'll try it. Why you- not? We'll try it. And just to be even more interesting, I have a game for you. What's the game going to be? You'll have to figure that out on your own. Okay. That's creepy and ominous. <laughs> no, 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 no. I picked a game to run your 20 questions back against oh, you. Oh, I thought you meant you picked, <laughs> I thought you meant you picked another game for us to play. Want to play? Yeah, we're going to play Tic-Tac-Toe, and then we're going to play Global Thermal Nuclear Annihilation. Okay, well, uh, Tic-Tac-Toe is silly. But, uh, so are the rules the same? My plan was to have the rules be the exact same. Okay. Okay, that's fine. I've actually been keeping a spreadsheet with these results, and I, I can always incorporate that. Yeah. I always even incorporate it with guests eventually, and then I'm thinking I'll start throwing them up on the website at some point. Yeah, like that makes pa- sense. Past tournament results. Well, uh, I'll go ahead and go first. Then. You go first. So 
let me see. I've got my stuff here. I've got my game picked out. And you, Tony, may ask your first question when you are ready. And I will, I will make sure I keep track of the numbers. I just want to narrow things down. So I'm going to go straight to decades. Is it from the 80s? No. Is it from the 70s? No. Is it from the 60s? No. Son of a biscuit eater. 90s? Yes. Four questions down. Wow. That was bad. Normally you don't pick games that new. We've played this game two times before, and the first game was from the 90s. I know. So what what does that even mean? I've picked from the 90s 50% of the time, and now more than 50%. I'm just saying... That it's a valid point. Your math, your math is not right. But please, please, please continue with your fifth question. Okay. My fifth question with my terrible math is, is it Bally Willems? No. Is it Gottlieb again? <laughs> you say it with such scorn, but no. Is it Sega? No. Is it Data East? No. Holy crap. I am full on trying to think of another company. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should go another route if you're starting. Yeah, that. that's that, that, that's probably not a terrible idea. Let's narrow some more. Is it from ninety to ninety four? No. Do you own it? No. Ten questions are down. Wow, this one's going bad for me. Does it have more than two flippers? No. Is it an original theme? Yes. 90s. Original theme. It's 95 to 99. It's a two-flipper game. I have seven questions remaining. You've done 12, so... Eight. You have eight, yeah. I'm slow today. My math is bad, too. Yeah. It's been a long day. I don't know. We had that really good dinner, and now I've just been hit with exhaustion. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting over here going, wow, I just kind of want to take a nap. Um... Let's see. 95 to 99. Two flipper game. Original theme. Is it sci-fi themed? No. Is it sports themed? No. Is it Harley Davidson? No. That's your 15th question. So you may now, as of question 16, start using open book methodology. Hmm. I don't really know why I went with that one. It just jumped out at me all of a sudden. as an original theme, this and that. And I hadn't named. No, and, and it was a 99. Sure. It, it's an interesting. It, actually, that's not a bad. That that would have fit all of the criteria. Right. Because it was multiple manufacturers. Right. Because you are a cleared Sega. Right. I cleared Sega, but I, it was put out by Stern as well. Stern yeah. as well. That's why I was curious. Um Let's see here. As I go and open my book. Open my book. I think I found on on this. I'm not sure. I mean, it's too early to tell. But I think the date range is probably one of the most important things for narrowing this type of, for narrowing it down. I think that makes a lot of sense. At least given the open book feature that we apply, it keeps things from getting too hectic. Ooh, I have five questions remaining. You do. Is it Capcom? Yes. I can't believe I forgot Capcom. I'd also forgotten Midway. 
but I thought about both of the games that I would that came to mind from Midway. Midway is Bally Williams. Is, is it, will you count that together? As, Midway is Bally. It is. So yeah. okay. it's just, that's what it's going to be listed at. If you're at IPDB, so that was their uh, trade name, but it's all controlled under. You asked Bally Williams as WMS, so right. that would have been in it. Okay. Well, that's good. Then I did wipe that that out. Yes, because that's one of the ones I wasn't thinking about when I was looking when I when it was going through my head. It's like, oh. yeah, those naming convention things. It's just like I don't nitpick between Gottlieb and Premier. Premier just operated the brand. So, not sci-fi. Ninety-five to ninety-nine. Not sports. And I've played it. Is it Kingpin? No. Is it Pinball Magic? Yes. Have I played Pinball Magic? Yep. It was over by Bugs Bunny's birthday bash. Oh, it was. That's right. Because I remember because we played it and it's like, wow, this game sucks. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I think we played it before we played Bugs Bunny, but yeah, we played it. Nope. It's the you, one with the magic hat. You, yeah. I don't know if you remember that. Because we, we had that whole discussion. We had a whole discussion about magic themes and pinballs yeah. and why there's so many of them and yes. why they're so terrible. So, 18th Some of them question, are you got it. So, I mean, okay, I'm getting, no, actually the first time was 17. The last time was 18. This is 18. I think my rule is 18. This is hard. I need, I need the computer to help me. I need a database. That's why we have it as a, as a provision to help you. So I, let me minimize, although I doubt you'll ask me pinball magic, but I'll minimize it because you could. That would have been hilarious. Hey, we don't have any rules about asking different. I could even ask the same game. There's no rule saying I can't repeat. Well, I hadn't thought about that before because I've automatically been deleting them from my mind because I figured, oh, no, he won't do it, it again. Would be inter- it would be an interesting uh, risk. <laughs> Have you asked it before? <laughs> so. Okay, I am. Your turn. I'll keep count of your numbers. Okay. And hopefully do a better job of it than I did when I was trying to keep count of my numbers because I was busy thinking. Is it solid state? Yes. Is it the year 2000 or newer? No. Is it 1980 to 1989? Yes. Is it 1980 to 1984? No. Just realized I've got a reflective piece of glass behind me. I had to look to see if it was oh. reflecting in the in the window. No. It's your your shirt blocks everything anyway. <laughs> Is it 1985 to 1988? Yes. 5 down. Is it Bally? No. Is it Williams? No. Is it Gottlieb? Yes. It's harder on that side, isn't it? Yeah, a bit. Does it have more than two flippers? No. Is it Genesis? No. That's ten. Good guess, though. Is it RoboWar? No. Is it Raven? (laughs) It's Raven. (laughs) (laughs) So, I think I got it on twelve. Twelve questions. See, part yeah. of my problem is I don't have the, I don't have the manufacturer years of all the games memorized. I have them like by decade. Mm. Well, <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm trying to. I was getting really desperate with. I can't even remember if Robo Wars the name of the game. I was. Uh, no, yeah, Robo Wars that one that's got the weird back glass with the. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 80, I don't know okay, that was '88. So yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure on the year on it, but I thought so. I knew it was still. Uh, System ADB. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I couldn't remember the number of flippers. It did. It had two. That's all. Now, Genesis, I couldn't remember if it was only a two flipper game or not. I remember the two, 
but uh, let's see. Yep, it is two. Okay. It gets hard with the components. Yeah. But I tried to, yeah, I was trying to think. Unfortunately, we just don't encounter that many Gottliebs, even at shows that are from that era. Right. And that's why I was thinking of things like RoboWar and Genesis we saw in the most recent Texas. So I like a little bit of a rare treat right? to and, have gotten that many. Right. And we saw Raven two years ago. All right. Well, yeah, it was interesting. So, well, maybe. You did better than me. A little bit, but. Like five questions. You didn't have to go to the computer. I, I, just, I, just out of curiosity, let's see how you pulled it down what'd you pull that down to we'll search that database there you pulled it down to 27 games within your time range oh the from the 85 to 88 yeah yeah no they made a lot but with a with a provision that you knew i had played it unfortunately you've wiped out over half of them with that but we can't help that that right until we get more time on more games but no it was clever obviously i struggle with the, at first, I thought, well, there were a lot of Bally's and a lot of Williams in that era. And that's why I was doing that period up to 88. 88's when Williams took Bally over. So right. I'm trying to figure out if it's a... Trying to cut it down a little. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. But, I mean, even without, and I can... I have a general sense of which games got branded as Bally by Williams. and But usually they just get clumped together. So it's... I mean, that's how I would treat it. Is they're one and the same. Because they were. Right. It's all just... Essentially a coin flip. Basically. Yeah, I heard at one point there was a thought that Williams was trying to do the original stuff as Williams and the licensed themes as Bally, but they abandoned that really quick. So I don't think there's probably even any truth to it necessarily, but it's something I've heard. But fun. That was fun. Yeah, we can keep... With as much editing as gets done, people are going to be like, well, that was really quick. That was really quick. Yeah. Raven. Clever. You actually kind of liked Raven. Yeah, that's. It wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was. No. The toy was terrible. Yeah, that poor. And the backlash was so so bad. Poor little. Well, they are substitutes. They're inappropriate, but there are substitutes. So, speaking of inappropriate, let's okay. transition over to video games. We've got one video game topic. And two. We've got two. I just didn't write one down because I didn't think about it until after we were here. <sighs> Okay, well, we'll start with the one that is written now. Okay, that works. And that is Don, co-host of Gaming on 10 Minutes a Week and three-time former guest host on this show. This is his fault. It's Dr. Meep. Meep, meep. Meepy, meep. It's a good phone game. Like, really kind of addictive for being like the... uh it's a match three, but it handles differently than most match threes I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been enjoying it a lot. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's like a $1 phone game. It, you eliminate one piece and then the pieces fall down. So mm-hmm. that's the differing mechanic versus the typical match three, which is usually flipping positions. Right. So since you can't flip right. positions, you can't move something, one thing to the side. So the only thing you can do is cause changes by vertical drop. And then as you progress, you're basically a shrink, head shrinking all these people who have these differing psychological problems. And that's reflected in pieces. 
and as you go along, the pieces behave differently. <laughs> so, yeah. So it starts to make things really challenging. Like some pieces will produce more pieces. Some pieces might wipe out a bunch of pieces. Some pieces don't move in the standard drop vertical fashion. Some pieces just don't go away no matter what you do. Mm -hmm. But I have been playing it more than any other phone game. I don't play a lot of phone games in general. But I've had to put my phone on the charger a couple times because I've realized I've been meep meeping, as I call it. I just meep meep. I've been playing it a lot. Yeah. And it's Don's fault. I could have been at peace. I might have gotten some sleep last night. Or finished watching Deep Star Six, which was on Amazon Prime. That terrible <laughs> wow. horror movie that I loved as a kid. I is watched, it still good? It's still as corny as ever. But anyway, so Dr. Meep. So if you're looking for a phone game, you like Match 3, or you don't love Match 3, but you think this sort of mechanic sounds good, I'd go to your Play Store or your iTunes library and, and search it out and see if it's... I mean, it's only a buck. So. Right. So, all right. So, it's like a pinball. Yeah, it's like a pinball. It's like a game of Deadpool. It's right. That's how much it was. It's a buck. Till I won all those free games. Yes, that was just you. It was pretty much just me. Of course it was. So, what's the other video game you want to talk about, Tony? They finally, after almost a year, dropped a new Overwatch animation. Oh, Yes. This is what everyone wanted to hear us talk about, Overwatch. Everyone loves hearing us talk about Overwatch. I love Overwatch. I'm wearing an Overwatch shirt. He is. I am not. I'm wearing a plain white tee. Not the band. They suck. I hate them. No, I... This is an aside before we talk about this, because the Overwatch video is a happy thing. I heard a plain white tee song come on the radio once, and I actually did have the urge to just crash into the wall. <laughs> I just thought... I don't really need to live. I, well, I just thought it would probably stop the radio. I could turn the radio off, but I just have a like. I would have been a better person to have never heard this. I don't know. I don't normally have such a reaction. There's plenty of music I hate, but I was like, no, no, this is wrong. This like this is wrong. This is wrong. No, they're playing it again. What is going on? It's and so that's wrong. when I started listening to podcasts. It's so it's wrong. It's wrong. That's wrong. It's bad wrong. Bad wrong. But wrong. Wrong. All right. So, yeah, a new short featuring everyone's favorite tank, Diva. Tor- oh. Tor- 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 <laughs> not a tank. And you would argue that the uh, best tank already had the best animated short, Honor and Glory. Yes. And I would agree, Honor and Glory, I liked overall better than this. But why not describe what what this is about? This is... Let me think of the best way to put this. This is the weeboo fantasy of a lone hero who ignores everything and wins no matter what while chugging Mountain Dews and eating Doritos, and probably having a box of Tendies sitting around somewhere. And they just keep going and do whatever they need to do by themselves because they're the big dang hero. Yeah, that's probably a pretty good pretty good summary. It's about D.Va, one of the uh, support tanks in the game. Uh, animation quality is top-notch. It's always Story it was, was good. It wasn't bad. It was, I mean, I... I think the goal there was to try and convey that her bubbly personality is in part a show and that she actually takes her role as this mecha 
pilot very seriously. What it does without overtly saying a lot about it is start to, and especially the new map that they're starting to reveal, right. is reveal what the mecha squad is, how many there are, that they have different mechs, and that they're defending Korea from these omnic squids from the Matrix. Right. And honestly, what interested me more was stuff about this that I didn't really, until I was like thought about it later. I mean, if you actually watch the video and they go through the video and they're making all the announcements, they've got Diva plastered all over the city and they're talking about, oh, she's going to all these great places and she's doing this and that. And it's all an obvious PR campaign. And she's in this huge fight and they're like, oh, and she came out of it unscratched and she wasn't. They're lying. So they're this whole thought, this whole feel is very kind of almost sad. It's scary. It's almost a country on the verge of collapse because it becomes very clear that their PR is lies. They are straight up lying to the people about what's going on and how close things are and just how bad a shape they are in. And it makes you wonder just how bad is it? How bad has the Omnic crisis gotten for Korea? Yeah. Uh, which, it's funny because to me and most of the stuff, I always have gotten the sense that the Omnic crisis is a past thing that Overwatch was dealing with and now is broadly over. And now right. it's like Talon versus... Well, and that was the thing. The world. These Omnics had Talon colors. Mm-hmm. So... Now that, and that may fit very well with that idea that, well, what was the Omnic crisis is now Talon using Omnics. What it very much reminded me of in terms of the tone they set was uh, Live, Die, Repeat and her, the Valkyrie of Leon or whatever mm-hmm. her title was and how they built their whole PR campaign around her as this unstoppable person when, I mean, at one point perhaps she was, but she right. no longer is. And it's a, it's a lie, but it's a rallying cry. And that's what Diva is. That's exactly how it felt. Is she, but what was interesting to a degree was this, and she's hinted at it in her voice call outs in some of the scenes and stuff before that it's not, she's serious sometimes as well. She's sort of seen as this gamer who never gets hurt. She's just beyond anyone's ability. And it's no, she's. This is supposed to show some vulnerability. Right. And then other than that is Sir Frenzo. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Sir Frenzo. Sir Frenzo. I actually didn't like him at all, and I don't ever hear about him again. I hear he's the new character. No, Athena is the new character. We will finally have Athena. Athena, for those that don't know, Athena is the Omnic. Maybe she's just an AI, but she needs to have a body. And she does all the, the announcements like, welcome to Route 66. And I just want her to be in the game so she can go, play of the game, me. <laughs> it's worth it. That would be good. It is worth it. That would be good. So, now, last year, they released a animated short at GamesCon. Mm. Which is, is going on. What this anime, where this animated short was released. Or roughly. Yeah. And they also released an animated short at BlizzCon, 
Which is coming up in a couple of months, if I recall right. I hope they have another one. It felt like it's been quite a while. It had been. It had been a full year, almost. And this is how Overwatch doesn't have... It's not a plot game. So this is how they build all their lore. Right. And I'd like there to be more. I would like there to... I I would full-on go see an Overwatch movie. I would, too. I think they should animate it and get the the voice actors to do their thing. And because they're just, they have so many characters and they're putting out more characters than they're giving animated shorts to. I mean, Diva was a starter character. Right. We still don't have, obviously, anything on any of the new heroes. Well, let's see. We have Tracer has appeared in the original trailer one and she was in Widowmaker's primary. Right. Widowmaker was in one. Winston was in one and that really and the featured, beginning one. He's, right. So he's been in two, but one of them was that opening trailer that also had Widowmaker and uh 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 emo boy. I guess one new one had had one Sombra. Sombra had and Sombra's was very good. It was. And Reaper's been in at least and Reaper's four. Been in, yeah, he's, he's been in well, he's the bad guy. They didn't have very yeah. many bad guys. So um there's also been, I mean, Zarya was in Sombras, as I recall. Yeah, right but at the a end, cameo. it was a cameo. It was a cameo. And the uh, Genji and Hanzo have had the the one. Reinhardt. Reinhardt had his. Bastion. Bastion had his, and May May is Bay yeah. had hers. Yes, which just made you love May more. Yeah, maybe. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. She can't lore wise, May and Lore is awesome. Yes. May and Games Cancer. Yeah. Yeah. She bad. She bad. <laughs> so. So yeah, go check that out if you're interested in uh, Overwatch lore because the animated shorts and people have put together entire montages of all of them strung together on YouTube in chronological yeah. even. Yeah. So you can see them because they kind of bounce around weird. Yeah. Well. We made it to the end of the show. Yep. It's kind of a short episode. Just a little bit. About 10 minutes short. It's been a busy week. And it'll be a busier weekend. This is Mm -hmm. one of those. This is going to be one of those weekends where the weekend is over. And it's like, I could use a day off to recover from my weekend that I did not have. Yeah, those happen sometimes. So. Well, uh, until next time, you can reach out to us. EclecticGamersPodcast at gmail.com or on various social medias, such as Facebook.com slash EclecticGamersPodcast. We're available on Twitter and Instagram at eclectic underscore gamers. I actually posted on Instagram while we were at the 403 Club. Sweet. Well, and until, did you? I haven't looked yet. Okay. I did. I didn't check. And I commented. Nice. I replied to a comment even. It was amazing. Sweet. I'm going to check that out once we're done here. Then then when we went to a Mexican place, I was like, I should order chimichangas. And they didn't have chimichangas. No, we didn't go to to that sort. We went to the hamburger Mexican place. It was good. It was good. I, I didn't get a hamburger. I didn't either. I got, tacos. I got enchiladas. I probably should have gotten tacos. They were tacos good. looked amazing. They were really good. The enchiladas were solid. Okay. I don't ever order enchiladas, though. I love enchiladas. I've never been big into them. Hence why I don't order them. Well, but what I will order is a new podcast in two weeks. Two weeks. Until then, see ya. See ya. I wave every time. I don't know why. <laughs>